0: Welcome to Obsessed with Design, a show about what makes designers tick. I'm your host, Josh Miles. Today on Obsessed with Design, we have multi-hat wearing Karen Conrad. She's the director of marketing for a major ministry in Colorado, also owns a home staging business and has all kinds of other business opportunities up her sleeve. So without further ado, please enjoy this wide-ranging and inspirational conversation with Karen Conrad. Okay, guys, welcome all the way from Colorado Springs, Colorado, Karen Conrad. Karen is a business entrepreneur whose passion is in producing results that speak for her businesses and others, specializing in bringing to life what others thought were dead, stagnant, or just couldn't get off the ground. I think that's a really cool line. Karen's a woman who, from my vantage point, wears many hats. She's the owner of karenconrad.net, business systems and strategies company, Karen Conrad Home, a real estate systems and strategies company, and a marketing director for a major ministry. She's a certified instructor for DORA, a training real estate that trains real estate agents how to produce results for selling their home, and was recently on the Lifetime show, Designing Spaces, which I want to know more about here in a second. But with over 28 years of executive experience and successful business entrepreneurship, Karen is capitalizing on her vision to see others prosper in their business realm. So Karen, welcome to Obsessed with
1: Design. Thank you so much, Josh. I'm really happy to be here.
0: So first off, I'd like to thank my brother and fellow podcaster, Lucas Miles, for the introduction. And as you know, my brother also wears uh, many hats, including his film and production company, as well as working with his own ministry as a pastor and life coach. So while our show is often typically featuring um very design centric stories I have a feeling today we're going to get into some more business strategy stuff as well, so I'm excited to uh dig into some some new directions.
1: Great, thank you. I'm looking forward to it josh
0: so one of my favorite questions to ask everybody on the show is and I'd love to hear this from you is tell us a little bit about your origin story or how you how you found yourself in this world of many hats.
1: Oh, that is a great question. Well, when I uh, grew up, I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family, and so as we sat around the breakfast table or dinner table, we were just talking about business ideas, and I didn't realize the impact that that had on me until I obviously grew up and uh, finished college and got out on my own, but we've always had this thing in our family that we want to find out a way to do things better, and we want to be successful at it. And so I actually spent 25 years in the banking industry, which you might say, oh my goodness, banking, homestaging, how does this uh, relate? Well, I actually. It's a direct a-
0: path, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, direct path. That's, a that's to B. Right. Uh, what it helped me, of course, learn is systems, which uh, is a major part of, of my business and, and the work that I do even here at the ministry. And also just uh, figuring out a way if, if I have an interest or if there's a direction that we, uh, we want to go, how can I get there faster to be successful with the least amount of effort and money? And so banking actually was a really good uh, foundation for that. So to just answer your question, how did I end up with all these hats? Well, I had a major life change in uh, 2010, where actually my husband of 19 years suddenly passed away Mm -hmm. with absolutely no warning. And uh, I have a a son and he was 16 years old at the time. And so your life changes. And uh, what I really realized at that point is I felt very responsible for the well-being of, you know, for the generations to come. I no Mm -hmm. longer had that husband that I could rely on. Uh, to bring that income in and support. And so it really shifted my mindset at that point to do more than just have a job. I really needed to figure out a way to uh, create wealth and security for my family going forward. And uh, one day as I was out here, we had moved to Colorado Springs. My son was called to go to Bible school. So I said, you know what, I'll move with you, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which was a crazy thing to do anyway. So I was working in our phone center of all things or $10 an hour after coming off an executive job, just sort of thinking, Lord, what what am I supposed to do? I can't do this forever, you know, what's my next steps? And uh, so at that point, uh, really, I got direction to get my real estate license and to start a home staging business, mm. uh, which I had done, never done anything like that before. And so my adventure began at that point.
0: So what inspired you to go the home staging direction?
1: That's a great question. Um, As I was looking at real estate and um, I was looking at the market and realized, you know, there are a lot of amazing real estate agents out there. I have to find an edge and I Mm. need to find an edge quickly. I wasn't one that was going to be patient to wait two to three years to build up my business. So as I studied and I looked at opportunities, really home staging was the area that I saw from statistics that I could sell homes faster, and I could sell them for more money. If I did home staging, Mm -hmm. plus in many markets, people pay two to 3% of the price of the home, or what they're going to list it for for home staging. If I did that myself, it was an added benefit that I could bring as an edge in the market. And so uh, that's, that's why I decided to go into it. I just knew that it was probably the best thing I could do to be effective and start to move houses for people.
0: So with your job as a marketing director and then all of these kind of side companies, I'm curious how these are set up or is it all, is it all you and just kind of switching hats or do you have staff for each of these companies or what's kind of the structure there?
1: Well, that's a great question. Right now, um, most of it is me. And that's not where I want to stay, of course, which is why I wrote the book, Seven Seconds. And I can go into that too, just fitting revenue streams um, off of the foundation of something that we found to work for us. Um, so I do I do have several people that come along and help me, but it's really more from a 1099 perspective mm-hmm. so that I'm not having to take on employees. However, I am at the point now, and I was just talking to some friends last night I'm like, you know what? I, it's time. I, I can't do all this anymore. <laughs> it's
0: good news, bad
2: news, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. Every, you know, we hope to get to this point. And then the reality when it hits, we have to, We just have to be smart and we may have to do a little restructuring within my companies.
0: <laughs> Very nice. So do you think there'll be, um, you know, massive enterprises or do you think you want to kind of stay small or what's, what are your, your growth plans for each of them?
1: Well, that's a really great question. I, I really do want to grow. Matter of fact, um, I'm just looking at franchises and the viability of that, uh, potentially working with a large real estate company that I could become their brand. Um, but in the process, I'm, I'm going to be starting a 501c3 because I also do some ministry and teaching. And I've got a program that I've been just starting called Living with Karen Conrad that's going to air on a new network, Gospel Truth TV, that's coming up. So that uh, could be a a fairly substantial nonprofit, although, um, you know, that's going to be focused mainly on on me and the the ministry that that God has given me there. But as I look at the um, home staging I'm meeting with someone tonight, we're looking at a pilot uh, that we may start with that that really touches the heart of people in the home staging. You really get involved in people's lives. And that's really what Hmm. that's one of my favorite parts. And uh, the other part with the seven seconds, which is really the teaching and training of home staging, and it ties into what I do with the state of Colorado uh, to teach people home staging. I realize that um, where I really want to go with that, is I want to help other real estate agents find an edge in the market similar to what I was able to do. Mm-hmm. So that part of it, while I still do uh, as much staging as I can probably handle, uh, I don't, you know, I do it mainly with repeat clients and friends. I want to equip real estate agents. I want to equip homeowners, um, people that flip houses. I want to teach them how to stage and give them the tools to be able to do that themselves. So mm-hmm. that's really going to be more of a future focus. Um, also, I've started a new little venture kind of by accident, but it's, it's something that I'm working with a um, couple in Canada. And what they did is they had a home recently that they they're listing and I, we FaceTimed through that house. Yeah. So I literally staged the house in Canada through FaceTime. And so I think what you're going to see with the company is it's going to grow, but it's probably not going to grow with my feet on the ground in houses. Mm-hmm. It's going to grow in unique areas like that. And so I've just, i uh, just beginning to pursue and kind of vet that out as well.
0: Very cool. Well, maybe you can um, fill our listeners in on kind of how how an average day or average week splits out for you. So between all these different things, I can imagine there's time either in meetings or meeting with clients or, you know, creating new content or just your day-to-day job as a marketing director. So tell us about, is there a normal week or day for you?
1: (laughs) I don't know that there's a normal week or day, but I can, uh, you know, I can describe a couple of my weeks, you know, I'm, I'm very dedicated. Um, my heart is really with the ministry. And so I know that the foundation of everything that I do, uh, is really to help market and uh, bring the gospel of course to the world through the ministry. Um, through that, it's been really amazing. Some opportunities have, have come, but a typical day for me, if we start on a Monday morning is I generally put in pretty much 10 hour days here Mm -hmm. at the ministry. And, uh, in, in several evenings, As a matter of fact, last night, I was just working with, I we're trying to help a small business kind of get on the ground, and I'm just giving my time for that, and so I had the mm-hmm. team over to my house, and so my evenings are filled with real estate work. I'm running over to a client's house to, to help uh, bring some items over. i work a couple hours in the evening, so I work about 10 hours in the ministry, Two to three to four hours in the evening working on the various businesses. And then my weekends is really where I start to hit the ground running with my home staging. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of interior design. um, And uh, I help clients yet to to find houses, to list houses. And so then if I get a business trip in there, I've got to set that time aside. So I feel like I'm sort of on a fun roller coaster. And sometimes I don't know where it's going to turn, but it's always good.
0: Yeah, nice. (laughs) Well, the different groups that you've worked for, I know you've, uh, you've had some connections with Macy's furniture gallery and mid country bank and Keller Williams. And of course, working for the ministry and with lifetime, I'm curious for you, if there's a common thread between any of those or what makes for a good client or a good partnership.
1: Absolutely. Do you know, one of the teachings that I do that, that literally changed my life and that's why I teach on it is finding your purpose. Mm. Um, So everything that I do really ties back to what my purpose is. My purpose is not a job. My purpose is to help bring vision to reality. And so when I take that understanding, that purpose, it's helped me so much because whether I'm working with a homeowner and they have a vision to um, move to South Africa so that they can do ministry work, okay, or I've got a... I'm working with a client right now that just bought a new home and she wants it to be tranquil and peaceful. I get the vision that she wants and I help bring that to reality. Or it's working with a ministry here uh, where Andrew is, you know, hes he wants to finish buildings and he wants to reach more people with the gospel. And so seeing what his vision is for projects and things like that and bringing it to reality. So knowing that purpose, Josh, has made such a difference for me and it's allowed me to take the way that God made me and apply it to really try to help people in many different areas of their life.
0: So tell us a little bit about the discovering your purpose idea. And so I think there there are probably lots of people who've seen or even read some some of the popular purpose-driven book series or uh, or I've heard people talk about this just from a purely business standpoint. So if, if people who are listening are like, well, I don't know what my purpose is. My purpose is to get out of bed and slog it through work and come home and do it again tomorrow. Like how, what would you say to, to those kind of folks?
1: I would just encourage them and, and I'll give you, I've got a free resource actually on that, that I want to share with the audience, um, as well. Oh, nice. Do you know, a lot of us. And this is kind of where I realized I needed to get to the core of this. A lot of us feel that our um, our worth, we don't even realize it, but our identity can actually get tied up in what we do in a job.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I actually had an experience about a year and a half ago where I was driving down what we call the pass from the mountains. And I was just really discouraged. I was kind of complaining, you know, to, to God, like, you know, you've given me, uh, you brought me here to help and people aren't listening to me. And my emotions literally would just rise and fall based on if I was uh, if I felt like I was doing a good job at work, okay, mm-hmm. or if I was meeting expectations of the people in my life. And I got to a point where I was like, wow, I am just so tired of this roller coaster. I'm just giving it all that I have here, and uh, you know, it's trying to please people. And I think a lot of us try to do that. So at that point, where I was driving down the hill, and I, I had all these emotions and um, Just frustration. You know, the Lord spoke something to me and it really changed my life and led me down this path of purpose. And this may help some of the listeners too. You know, He said, The gifts and talents that I have put in you are not yours. And it's like, I've heard that before. Mm -hmm. You know, of course I know that. But as He said it again, it really hit me. And it's like, you know what? The reason that I am so dissatisfied, angry, frustrated when people don't like what I do or don't seem to appreciate me is because really, I'm looking at those gifts and talents as mine. Mm -hmm. And so um, that took me down a journey that I just really researched and just like, you know what, the gifts and talents that you gave me, he is more interested in bringing those uh, to help people than, than literally I am. So I can just say, okay, so that helps me right there. Okay, because If the gifts and talents aren't being valued, I can know that's going to bother God more than it's going to bother me because they're his. And so it took a lot of pressure off. And I just went through the word and and found scriptures that really helped me with purpose. And one of the main ones, um, you know, not to get too lengthy here for you, but one of the main ones that really hit me was Esther. And uh, we have looked at Esther a lot. That's really, especially for women. We love it. It's our Cinderella story, right? Mm -hmm. Right. But. She had to make a choice in in her journey to literally lay down all the accolades of the world. Think about all the things that she had. She was uh, an adored queen. She had servants that were um, at her fingertips. She had uh, all the beautiful clothes. She had all the things that the world kind of shows us that we should aspire to. And she made a decision to lay those down to fulfill the purpose of God
2: Mm
1: -hmm. and um, all the work that we do, all the things that we aspire to, you know, when it comes down to it, what are we really here to do? We're really here to fulfill the purpose that God has for our life, to live that out in a way that's going to benefit others. And in that, just following that story, which happened with Esther is, you know, she got everything at the end, you know, she didn't lose anything. Her willingness to really commit herself to God's purpose, opened the door for blessing beyond measure and saved the Jews. And so that was really a premise for me to really look at and say, okay, I need to figure out what the purpose is that God has for my life. And uh, I created a, a purpose test. Okay. And so that's it too. I'm practical. Hmm. So all that stuff I can sit and listen. and like, oh, that's, that's great. But I needed to know how to get, Right down to my purpose. And so that test is available. Matter of fact, if people want to uh, go ahead and subscribe, um, they can go to my website. It's www.karenconrad.net. Mm-hmm. And I have got a purpose test there that I give to people for free. And it. Uh, then I've got a teaching on it as well that helps tie things together. But since that time and every time that I taught that, I have had people call up to me and they're just like, you know what? That has changed my life. Um, And so it definitely helped me to do more. And since that time, really where I kind of got right with what what I'm here for, it's really not about me. Okay. And that's easy to say, but it had to go deep. It's really about what can I do to influence this world in a positive way? The door started opening. As soon as I laid that down, invitation to go to designing spaces, my book got done. I'm speaking at conferences. I'm asked to do a program on a network. Uh, you name it. So I think it's a foundational key for all of us.
0: Mm -hmm. So I think what's interesting is that so many creatives, you don't see a lot of people in the creative industry who are in their fifties and sixties who are still doing it. You know, you, you see a lot of people who burn out. And I think this is probably true in ministry too, that people get excited and fired up and, you know, just in talking with my brother a little bit about why this is, I think it is that when you lean so much on your talent, so you're focused on the, the, what you do and how you do it, and maybe not the why you do it. So kind of a Simon Sinek ripoff, but, um, you know, kind of going back to that, that purpose and why you're supposed to be doing these things. I think that's, that's so essential.
1: It is. And, you know, I'm, uh, I'm in my fifties and so I haven't I kind of started this business um, when I was just turning 50, actually. Mm-hmm. And I think that part of why I've been able to do so many things. Um, and at times, you know, sometimes I overload myself. And, and But really, it is that when you just keep that, you know, who you're trying to help in mind. Um, it helps a lot. And also, you know, I've gotten in situations, Josh, I've, I've staged some homes for some pretty prestigious people in the community. And if I went in and I was like relying on just all my knowledge, uh, all my talents and gifts, I would, you know, I would have, I would have been really stressed out. And (laughs) even um, I remember going into a house with a family that's very well known in Colorado Springs and um, the the door had opened. I hadn't been doing this for a long time. And I started looking at this massive house. It was about 7,000 square feet. And I just fear just started to like try to grab me (laughs) because I was like, what am I doing here? The reality of my inability in myself to do this was hitting me strong. Yeah. And uh, then, you know, the Lord just said, hey, you, you know, you just start putting your hand to something. And so that taught me something early on in my career. And even when I went to designing spaces, you know, you go down to lifetime and you're, you know, I was staging the producer's house. Um, I, had, I, I'd never stepped foot in that house before. I literally had about 24 hours on site to be able to purchase everything I needed. Oh, wow. Um, and so I was running to, uh, stores in a strange town, Fort Lauderdale, trying to find things from 5 PM to 11 PM at night. And, um, you know, if I had to rely on myself for that, it would have been a disaster, but I really, I just started praying in the spirit during that time. I was like, Lord, I am so overwhelmed. I, I don't even know what to do so you're going to have to help me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I would just go store to store and literally just like Lord, you're gonna have to help me what to pick out So I would I picked out this stuff that I was like okay I'm supposed to get this I was you know sort of trying to plan out the rooms and uh, I had all this stuff that I had gotten in my car. I was up till 2 a.m that night trying to put what I could together. I came in at 8 a.m that next day I had all this stuff and I was just like, oh my goodness. I don't even know if this is all going to go together, but <laughs> I'm serious. It was crazy. But as I started working, I was like, Lord, you are going to have to help me. And I'll tell you, it was like, it was like perfect through that. And it's like, you know, if I would have spent that time all stressed out, relying on myself, I would have looked horrible on camera. I would have been exhausted. I would have been panicked, you know, all mm-hmm. these things that we can get into. And so it's just, it is a key to that to know what your purpose is because it gives you the confidence that you are going to succeed going into that effort. So, if you look at natural training and things, there's an element of that. It's really important that we're diligent with it. But when I know that this is God's will for my life, I'm in my purpose, it gives me a confidence going into things where I've literally, I've told like I've somehow become almost fearless because I know that he is there and has given me his word. He's going to help me to succeed.
0: How did you get that lifetime opportunity in the first place? How did you find yourself in this moment where you had the, the crazy evening of shopping in Fort Lauderdale?
1: Oh my goodness. Well, you know so much of what we do in life and what, what God's interested in is our relationships. And so um, I have, A friendship with a couple that uh, recently had joined the organization that produces designing spaces, and so through that friendship, through that relationship, uh, they just went to the CEO and just said, "Hey, you know what? I I really want you to see this this Karen Conrad," Mm. and um, they just talked and just based on that relationship, they made a recommendation. And the CEO is like, yep, we're going to do this. We're going to bring her on this program. And, um, you know, they, they did it for me without, uh, I didn't have to pay for that. Oh, nice. Which uh, is, is amazing. And so, really, it is those relationships, taking care of what's in front of you, always looking just, you know, not the motive, like, they get a relationship with people, like, oh, my gosh, I wonder if they could get me in designing spaces. But just you work with people and you have a relationship based on who they are And um, I don't know, valuing people. And it's like God brings those opportunities. So if I look at all the things, teaching at a conference in Denver next month, which is just a blessing with Billy Epperhart, you know, that that started with a relationship and uh, investing in people. And God brings those opportunities to us. We don't need to go knock doors down when we are knowing that we're in our purpose and we are blessing people and we're keeping that motive pure. Uh, you know, God just bring them. And then of course you have to work. Mm-hmm. Cause like, uh, you know, you take those opportunities, you have to count the costs and like, I really want to do this, but you know, it's going to be about, uh, you know, 20 hours straight of work. So, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so outside of doing the work, what do you, what do you feel like um, are some of the most fruitful ways that you have marketed yourself in the past?
1: One of the things, and I teach businesses and uh, people that I work with is as well. You know, if you're called to go into something and you know it's something you want to do, I always try to look for what is the fastest, the quickest, the easiest way to get to the target audience that I'm trying to reach. OK, mm-hmm. so we've got systems, and I've got processes that I go to. And so a good friend of mine, I mentioned him, Billy, he says, you know, if you want to find a moose, You've got to go where those moose are. You've got to go where a moose eats. You've got to go where a moose plays. You've got to go where a moose lives. So one of the most important steps is is determine who your target audience is. If you're going into an endeavor in design or real estate or whatever that might be, who is it that you are trying to reach? You have to know that because you have to know where, where to go to find your audience, So with home staging, even though I had no experience in it, um, what I realized is that I needed to get in front of other real estate agents. Mm -hmm. Because as I was starting my real estate business, I knew most of my staging business was going to be directed by real estate agents. So I had to go where those real estate agents are. So what I did, one of the first things I did is I researched on the DORA website what the criteria was to qualify for a continuing education class. And I built that class according to the specifications. I sent it in. It it got rejected. I had to correct things. I Mm -hmm. could have given up. I'm like, nope, I've got to do this. So I resubmitted it based on those corrections. I got it approved. And then I went to title companies because they're the ones that hold classes for real estate agents. Mm -hmm. I offered to do that class for free and I had 50, 60 real estate agents in a class. I got to go to my target audience immediately through that process. And you know what? I did not have to pay one penny in advertising dollars to do that. And so then, once they saw the class, they saw what I could do. We kind of, you know, built a camaraderie. I had more business after that than really, you know, than I could ever attain through standard advertising. That's awesome. Yeah, everybody can find that that opportunity.
0: And then that's what your book um, Seven Seconds is about, right?
1: It is Seven Seconds is equipping the real estate agents to be able to stage at home. So I literally have hundreds of before and afters in there. Um, I started documenting for three years the projects that I was working on. And I took the things that were successful and I put it in this book so that real estate agents, homeowners that want a designer look without the designer price. If you're just wanting to start in the designer industry or if if you want to do things for people without a big budget, this book is for you. Uh, it literally takes you step by step. And I've got design tips in there, pictures, checklists for you that if you want to learn uh, how to stage, go into a house. But also those things that can change a room. A lot of times what I find when I work with um, homeowners is that they, they think that they have to go and buy all new furniture. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this could be if you're a designer wanting to get started. This is a really good niche for you. Um, you do not, you come in with the store, you do not need to buy all the furniture. Let's take what you have and let's give it a designer look through pillows, accessories, artwork. A lot of times people just have their rooms arranged incorrectly. Yeah. Um, on this segment for designing spaces, you'll see one of the first things I did is I, I rearranged her room. Um, and so that this book really helps you with those elements. And it, it, it's just um, a very practical guide. I call it almost a textbook for people.
0: Between seven seconds and uh, the purpose test that you have, um, how does your Ignite series fit in with all of that?
1: So the Ignite series is also coming out of the business world. It's good. You, know, you go to conferences and you go to maybe classes. And you get really hyped up, excited. You just see the possibilities. Um, you leave kind of on an emotional high, like, woohoo, I'm going to go back and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the world. I'm going to rock the world in this business. And then when you come back, I realize that, like, you know, I have no practical steps to do that. Uh, and so I just, out of wanting to help people, I put together an Ignite series and it's a three-part series. It's Ignite Your Vision Uh, Ignite Your Marketing and Ignite Your Results. And it's a classroom-style video teaching. But in addition to that, I provide you the video, the audio, but I also give you all the templates that I've used over the years. Mm. I give you uh, Excel those templates in an Excel format that allows you to go in and create them for yourself. And I created workbooks and a PowerPoint presentation for each of those. So, so you can go step-by-step step into those areas with your business, and it's especially good for startups. And it's it starts with the vision, then I bring you into how to market, and I give you details on marketing, sh- share more details of what I've talked about here. And then there's a component, component that a lot of people forget about, and it's called results. Once you start your business, you understand the vision, you market it, you have to uh, do quality management. Okay, Mm -hmm. you have to know how to make sure that you're producing the results and measure those results that you are actually delivering on what it is that you've marketed. So I've got uh, extensive materials in there. And that's that's why I created that product. So if you're an entrepreneur or you're wanting to start a business or maybe you have a business and you are just not producing the results that you want, this would be a great product for you.
0: So this is really applicable to people who are outside of real estate, too. This is just sort of business on the whole, right?
1: Absolutely. And I give you examples from all different sorts of businesses um, that this works for home staging businesses, works in banking, this works in the ministry, any type of business. It's the systems at the foundation and they're transferable no matter what type of business
2: you have.
0: So we've had a couple other um, architects and furniture designers on the show and just recently had another interior designer on the show. So especially when it comes to the home staging thing, I guess, tell us a little bit about your experience with with why that's worth it if you're selling or or buying or designing or staging yourself, like why that's even worth bothering with. (laughs) So is is that worth the time? Is it worth the money? And tell us a little bit about your experience with that.
1: Yeah, it is worth um, the time and the money. And um, as I mentioned before, when I was looking at what the edge would be in the market, home staging really stood out. There's a couple of reasons for that. If you look at statistics, um, homes that have been staged typically will sell 50% faster than homes that have not been staged. And so, you know, the old saying that time is money. So if you can do minimum investment to be able to maximize, uh, you know, the, the um, quickness or the bringing that sale quickly for you, mm-hmm. uh, it is an amazing investment. Also, statistics show that staged homes typically sell for six to eight percent higher than non-staged homes. So if you just look at the mathematics just in there and you look at the statistics, you can you can say quickly, wow, this is absolutely worth it. One of the things I share with agents and homeowners, too, is that if you say, no, I don't want to spend the two to three thousand dollars on home staging. You know, typically the first reduction in price when a house is not selling far exceeds an investment of even two to three thousand there's an emotional trigger for buyers to, you know, HGTV, uh, Lifetime, they've kind of spoiled uh, the industry and, and people looking for homes because they've given an expectation that when they go in to purchase a home, they're expecting it to look like the homes that they're seeing on these designer programs. Yeah. And when you don't deliver that, a lot of times you don't even get the showing so over 90% of people shop online first. I'm sure that statistic is even higher than than uh, it was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So if you don't capture them online, you will not even have the opportunity for them to come in and look at the house. So when people look at pictures online, certainly the quality of photos is important, but you, you know, you've got to make it look like a designer house that they can see themselves living in and it meets their expectations that our society and in broadcasting and these designing programs have set for audiences. So to me, it's almost a critical part of competing in the market. You know, I'll never forget, there was a, I've, I've gone in uh, to just, just to share with the audience, I uh, my niche is really going into houses that have been on the market for months and even years without selling. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll come in and and really we're not changing anything, but I'm going in and staging it. And those houses are selling. They're going under contract quickly. You know, certainly it has to be priced right.
2: Mm -hmm. There are
1: some things in in the home that has to take place. But a recent example is there's a house on the market is uh, for a local celebrity here. Uh, It was on the market for 120 days and not one bite on that house. It was Mm. priced right. It was a beautiful home. And so the agent called me in and said, you know what, Karen, I I need your help here. Okay. Yeah. Because he had bought another house and it was getting to the point where, you know what, I'm kind of done with the two houses. And they had redone a couple things. It didn't help. It lowered the price. They were really at that point that they needed something to be done. So I quickly staged it. Look, I, I use all all his furniture. I didn't bring in other furniture. I brought in one piece.
0: So it wasn't it, vacant to begin with. It was no, it was furnished. It was just it
1: was furnished and a beautiful house. And so if you looked at it, you say, you know, I did I did quite a bit of staging, but honestly, it still looked like that same house. Mm-hmm. We uploaded the pictures on a Saturday. Sunday, we had two showings in the First people through that house
0: mm-hmm.
1: were the ones that put in an offer that week and it was sold
0: oh that's wild that's crazy
1: it makes a difference it's a it's a good place to invest for people and it's much better i say talk to me before you do fifteen thousand dollars worth of remodeling please talk to me and let's go through your house and let's see what we can do through home staging
0: what would you say has been one of the most fulfilling moments for you as a professional?
1: Oh wow, I have um, I have had so many fulfilling moments as a professional. Um, I would say, you know, in each of the areas that I work in, it's going to be probably a little bit different. When I speak at a conference and uh, I do workshops and I see. Someone that knows that they have a good idea, a business idea, and uh, they just weren't able to get it off the ground. And then after they, they I consult with them and work with them, and they're able to go back to their business with things in order, understanding their priorities and bring results. I mean, that is, that is beyond satisfying for me. Uh, so that's in that entrepreneurship. I think with the ministry, uh, with the growth, you know, we've seen we've almost doubled. Uh, as a ministry in the last three years. And this, this was an amazing ministry for many years or for 40 years, actually. Mm-hmm. And so for us to be able to double this ministry in the last three years, and for me to be an integral part of the team that, that has brought that increase, um, you literally, we know we are changing lives all over the world. And that's, that's almost overwhelming. Uh, So when you read the testimonies, you see, oh my goodness, with the with this live Bible study, and I'm able to actually join in from you know Singapore, and we have people from Nigeria, and they're just like it's it's like oh my goodness, this means so much. And you realize you're a part of that and change lives. It's it's just I'm just thankful all the time. In real estate, when I have um, a situation with a family like that that I had the opportunity to work with about a year ago, where they had triplets, two small children. They moved to the East Coast for her uh, the husband's job and they were, they were not able to get that house sold and it was becoming such a stress on their family. Mm-hmm. When I can come in and I can um, stage that home, get it sold in a, in a short period of time when it hasn't sold for a, a year before that. And I know that that family now does not have that stress, that financial burden. You know, those are things where... You just thank God that he put you in a position to be able to help people. And it's very satisfying.
0: So one of my um, favorite designer questions, I think designers are are typically very um, obsessed with many things. So whether it's <laughs> uh, life or design or writing or teaching, what do you think that you find yourself most obsessed with right now?
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's so. A- Boy, that's a telling question, Josh. Um, <laughs> I would say I probably am, am most obsessed with, uh, well, really bringing a vision to reality. And so if someone tells me, if I'm in a room, for example, and you tell me what it is, what's on your heart, you know, this is what I want to do. I'm just all in mm-hmm. and I can get, I can. I am so obsessed with bringing that vision to reality. I will not settle until I see what is in your heart come out into the reality, into the Mm. natural, you know, and that's, I just can't let it go. I'm really tenacious with that. And that's where so much of my energy and my excitement in, in what I do comes from helping people, uh, to really see that vision in their life.
0: Well, you've had a lot of really cool opportunities, but I'm curious if there are any dream projects that you have that you still want to tackle that you haven't had a chance to do yet?
1: Yes, there absolutely is. And I, matter of fact, I'm meeting with someone tonight to storyboard this out. Uh, But I really have on my heart. I want to do a pilot and I want to do a home staging show that, that brings all those amazing design elements into play, so that when we watch, we we can walk away saying, "I'm going to try this with my house,"
2: mm-hmm. but
1: also shows that it's it's the heart of the people um, that you're working with as well. And so, our, our title for this, as we're storyboarding it out, in um, is is staging homes, staging hearts. Oh, cool! And so, uh, if I can bring that purpose into the purpose teaching, discovering your purpose. With the design element together, I really uh, have, I want to do this and uh, I'm just beginning. So I'm hoping that we can bring this to pass over the next few months. And hey, hopefully you'll see this on some major networks in the near future.
0: Well, when you make that happen, we'll have to get on for a part two and talk just about that process.
1: That would be great. I just, uh, I'm really excited about that. I feel like we'll be able to reach a lot of people with two things that seem to be very important to them, purpose and design.
0: <laughs> well, I think one of the other things that I've noticed about designers is, you know, we see the world a little bit differently than everybody else. And, we
2: do. <laughs>
0: and sometimes it's a really good thing. And sometimes it's a really frustrating thing because you see things that other people don't see. So I'm curious whether it's a trend or something that you see in people's homes, but you know what what drives you crazy like what what's driving you nuts right now
1: oh my goodness when i walk into a home and the pictures are like too high okay it's like <laughs> i just have i want to fix those pictures and just so you know <laughs> you gotta bring those pictures down to eye level because you can't they're not connecting to the rest of the thing so that's one of the things i'll oh my goodness i'm helping uh someone with their house right now it's really a beautiful home and I might be gone for a couple of days before I go back and work on it again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, those pillows aren't right. So I'm walking around, I walk in, I've got straightened up those pillows. I move things, you know, people laugh at me. My son just is like, mom, because I'll go and I'll move it like a half an inch and then I'll step back. And then i am like, that's not right. I gotta move it again, you know, this time it's a quarter of an inch. So it's that <laughs> obsession, like there is a certain place for these things. A pillow has to have, if it's a feather one, you have to, you know, kind of do the karate chop at the yeah. top, right? <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes you walk into a house, and, you know, I was in a meeting last night in my own house and I looked up and it's like, oh my goodness, somehow that picture just got a little crooked. it's like, I did to fight everything in me not to walk away from my guests to correct that picture. <laughs> so we, we get a little obsessive, I'd say. <laughs>
0: You know, fight those da- daily OCDs, right?
1: Oh, my goodness, yes. I, absolutely. And if things, so if styles are mixed, um, like I walked into a bathroom that, that I had started staging and uh, they had put like long longer burger baskets and those are great, you know, but it's like, this is your powder room. This has to be, this is where all your guests go. No longer burger baskets. Those need to go. We need to have elegance, you know, the silver, the... <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> So yeah, I have to notch it down a little bit when I go to people's houses or if I'm in my own house and something's wrong.
0: (laughs) So I'm sure there's all kinds of good advice in your, in your free things that you've got on the website. Um, but I'm curious if you have either a piece of advice that was maybe a really meaningful thing that you received, or maybe your favorite piece of advice to pass along to other young professionals.
1: You know, um, yeah, I was, I've been really blessed. I've had some amazing leaders in my life and, um, I would just encourage people like really to find out what you're created to do everything to me. And obviously, you know, it's a revelation I have, so it might be bigger in me than some people, but everything seems to springboard from understanding your purpose and kind of getting the um, performance mentality, uh, the pressure on you off. And I would say, Press into that. And as an entrepreneur, as a young person, uh, allow yourself to dream. And I know that there's a lot of people that will tell you what you can't do. But I would say I want you to get with God and have him share with you what you can do. And understand that you don't have to do it all yourself. You've got an amazing helper. And you can do anything that you are supposed to do. So find out what it is you're supposed to do. And then with confidence, just go for it. Just absolutely go for it. I've never heard someone that's uh, succeeded at something, you know, be sad that, that they actually pursued and pressed through. You're gonna have good days, you're gonna have bad days, you're gonna hit obstacles, but there's a way over those, there's a way under, there's a way around just don't give up if you don't give up you will
0: win that's some great advice and i I love the idea of you can do anything that you're supposed to do i think that's that's really cool (laughs) well karen it's been fun chatting with you today and before we let you go maybe tell all of our listeners uh all the different places they can find you on the interwebs and find all your good stuff
1: Oh, thank you, Josh. It's been a pleasure to be here. Uh, yes, yeah, so you can go to my website, which is www.kieranconrad.net. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel. Um, I have got, I'm on LinkedIn. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. So I just encourage you to connect with me, reach out to me if you have a question. Uh, you know, just send me, um, do the info at karencomrad.net. I will get back to you. Uh, sometimes it takes me a little while. Um, but, uh, I really, I really want to help you in any way possible to bring the vision that God's putting your heart to reality.
0: Very cool. Well, we will make sure and link to all of those goodies, uh, on the show notes page. So Karen, thanks again for being here and thank you for being obsessed with design okay folks that's episode number 83 in the books for all of today's show notes head over to obsessedshow.com you may notice we have dropped the podcast directly into the show notes pages if you haven't found that go to obsessedshow.com click on episodes click on the episode name and you will find not only all of the links but you can listen to the episode right there and of course if you're an itunes user Please hit that subscribe button and give us a rating and review to help others find the show. If you're on the Twitter, tweet at Josh Miles or at Obsessed Show and let us know who you think we should interview next. Obsessed with Design is a product of the Design Obsessed team at Miles Herndon, a branding agency in beautiful downtown Indianapolis. Our show is always edited by Jen Eds at the Brassy Broadcast Company. Visit Brassybroad.com to learn more.